Hello and welcome. This is Camille Brooks. I love to help people discover how they can find more joy and peace in their personal lives, marriage, and family, and help them discover that their sorrows can bring out the glory within them. Today's podcast is from the series Joy in Heroes. Stories of heroes that inspire us to persevere and do hard things. Welcome to our episode number two of Fine Lady. Our guest speaker today is Lisa Summerfield. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for joining us. So glad you're here today. I just want to tell our listeners a little bit about you. Lisa is one of my heroes. She is one of the most Christ-like women I have ever met. And I am so grateful that she can be with us today. She is especially in a difficult situation right now. She had knee replacement surgery and a surgery on her hand. And yet, even though she's going through a hard time, she is so willing to serve us today and share a story of her hero who is one of her ancestors. Now, we live in these last days before the Savior comes to the earth, and we're going to have some really hard times. And my question to you, Lisa, is how can reading about our ancestors strengthen us in these difficult times before the Savior comes? For me, we all have hard times. Everyone does. But reading the stories of my ancestors and the hard times they have, it helps me to think, okay, they had it harder than I have it. Their physical conditions were so much worse. And if they can handle handle things and make it through, I can too. I have a warm home to live in and food to eat and, and all the comforts of life. You know, one of my favorite stories is Elisha in the Bible and how his servant, um, you know, is worried about the war they're about to engage in. And Elisha encourages him and lets them know that there are more with us than against us. And he lets uh, praise that his servant can see the hosts of God's army that are there to help them that they were not able to see physically. And I have always felt that way about our ancestors, that we have hosts of angels to help us through these hard times, but we need to do our part to connect with them and to pray for them. I know, as I have set up this website, findingjoyandpeace.com, it's been one of the hardest things I've ever done, and I have prayed that my grandmothers could come and help me. And I have felt their presence. And so I wanted to create a podcast where we share the stories of our heroes. And some of them will be our ancestors. Some of them might be living. But today I have asked you, Lisa, to share a story of your ancestor that is your hero. Would you like to tell us about Wilhelmine? Well, her name's Wilhelmine Christine. Patterson. And that's her maiden name. 
She was born in Denmark in 1816, so a long, long, long time ago. And she was from a family that valued education, if I could say that in back in those days. Um, they were kind of in the upper class as far as education goes, not necessarily financially, but she came from a good home. And she went to an agricultural school to learn the dairy trade, learn all about cows and butter and cream and, and all those things, which back then is probably a great thing to learn. She worked at a large dairy and an agricultural estate, and she met this, she met a guy, his name's Hans August Svensson, and they fell in love and got married. And they moved to a different part of Denmark and leased a big dairy farm. So they worked together. And after a little bit, several years, they sold that and moved to a bigger one. They were, they were successful. They were doing a good job. And they were making lots of money. So for that time, it was working well for them. After they had moved to this other farm, she, she was doing great. But he got tired. He was kind of a, I don't want to say a partier, but more, more, she was more serious and he wasn't as serious. And he was tired of the country life and wanted to get back to the city. And so, I mean, I don't know all the details, but they got divorced and he went back to the city, but she wanted to stay on at the farm. And so she stayed on and hired many servants to help help run the farm. And the missionaries came to her city and she would walk by where they were outside preaching and she had no interest in listening to them. No interest at all. She just, I don't know if every day, but she would walk by and not pay attention at all. But one day as she was walking by, she heard something that piqued her interest. And I wish it Somebody would have written down what that was, but I, I don't know what it was. But she then listened to the message of these missionaries, and um, <laughs> and she was baptized. I don't know why that makes me cry. Her oldest daughter, Christine, was baptized, and her son, Johan, was also baptized. The other daughter wasn't old enough. She needed to be eight years old. And um, after she was baptized, she wanted to take her family to Zion. And um, for me, that would be so hard to be a single woman with three children, taking my children to Zion across the ocean. So that first spring after they were baptized, um, she sent Christine with some other immigrants Christine was 18 at the time, and Christine was used to an easy life because money wasn't, you know, they, they had the things that they needed. But Christine walked the whole way. Well, she went on a boat, and then she walked the whole way. And then um, Wilhelmine and her two other children were getting ready to go, and they were selling things, and they were promising other people, especially those servants that worked on the farm with them, a lot of a lot of Wilhelmine's friends and neighbors joined the church, and she offered to help pay their way to Zion, and then they would pay her back 
which didn't really happen. <laughs> but she she still gave of all all that she had to help get other people there. All of a sudden, Hans, her husband, showed up, and he was not happy about them leaving. And so she had um, she had sent Johan, her son, to with some other people and sent Amelia, her daughter, with some other people. And they were, they were kind of hiding out and then met up later before they boarded the ship to go. But um, Hans had got the police and they had come down to try to find her saying, you can't leave this country with my children, even though he had left them. I mean, he wasn't really being a father to him. And a police came up to her. She had a, a hat on. Her face was veiled. The veil and looked at her face and just looked around. But there were no children with her. And since there were no children with her, they thought, well, this can't be her because she would have her children with her. So she, she was prompted to do something with her children. Otherwise, Hans would have stopped them from leaving. So they they joined up again and they crossed the ocean together, the Wilhelmine and her two children. And Wilhelmine and Johan walked from Florence, Nebraska to Salt Lake City. And Amelia, she was eight. So she walked some of the way, but she had to, she was eight. She needed to ride part of the way. But Wilhelmine, I mean, what a tough woman to walk the whole way. And things were going well. One morning, the oxen, they were all hooked up to their carts. And um, something spooked them because a stampede started with the oxen. And several people were killed, especially the older people. And Amelia was underneath one of the carts. And had it not been for one of Wilhelmine's servant ladies who grabbed her, she would have been run over and killed also. But she was saved. And they arrived in Salt Lake in 1862. And Johan went and worked with a man that Wilhelmine had known in Denmark. And Wilhelmine and Amelia went to Fountain Green. She met another man, Jorgen Smith. But he adopted the two kids. And later on, they were called to help settle in Richfield. And in Richfield, they lived in a dugout, which I just can't imagine a dugout with wood floors and a roof wood not wood floors and wood roof but they were content they were happy there and in Richfield she started up a cooperative store and she was very successful she had a great mind for business and for selling things having a store and after a little bit her health started giving out and so she had to give that up but she started her own business with um, selling butter and cream and that on her own and she did beautiful embroidery work and knitted and every year she'd go up to Pleasant Grove to bottle fruit her daughter Christine had moved to Pleasant Grove by this time she was always good company good conversationalist and Although much of her life was spent on the rugged Utah frontier, she was a refined lady and she was clever and interesting and people loved her. 
And she died at age 66 after living a life of serving others. And she died a true Latter-day Saint, always true and faithful, no matter what hard things came to her. She was true and faithful to that message that she heard over in Denmark. And for me, I just, just her conditions that she lived under would be really hard. And having to hide her children and kind of smuggle them out of the country, if you will, she's such a great example to me of staying true and faithful to her testimony, but of being such a hard worker. And whenever things went wrong, she bucked up and she worked hard and she helped other people and she she was just a good person. And I'm grateful for examples of ancestors like her. Thank you, Lisa. That's such a beautiful story. I'm so inspired by Wilhelmine myself. I think it is so neat that she came from a home of wealth. She, in her day, it considered to be wealthy. And yet she was willing to leave her wealth, her comfort, her country, her friends, everything she knew to follow her heart and gather with others who believed the way she did to raise up a righteous family. And she never fell away from her beliefs in God and in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a great example. Um, You know, one of the reasons we admire heroes is we see them as those who have attained a measure of glory. What factors do you feel brought out the glory within Wilhelmine? I think she, she had inside her, she had a determination and a dedication to whatever her cause was. I mean, if you read about her life early on before she even heard the missionaries or heard the gospel message, she was devoted and dedicated to this farm, to providing for her family and to learning how to provide for her family. And then when she heard the gospel message, she was dedicated to that to trying always to be a good example and to teach her. I assume she taught her family because her posterity are all members. I don't know if they all are, but you know, I'm one of her posterity and the joyful message of the gospel is here because of ancestors like Wilhelmine. That is beautiful. My next question for you is how has Wilhelmine's example brought out, brought out the glory in you? The first time I read her history, at, at the very, it's at the end when they say she did beautiful embroidery work and she sewed and she knitted. And I'm like, I, I do embroidery work and I sew. I don't knit. But I thought, here, she is my third great grandma. So, you know, we're in a different time. But yet I connected to her just because of those things. I think if she can do hard things, I can do hard things. Yes, we can do hard things for our listeners. What would you say is the takeaway for them? I think no matter what situation we're put in, there's our attitude determines so much of what happens with us because we are all we all have hard times. And right now with this COVID thing, I mean, 
life isn't normal. But what, how is our attitude affecting us? I think all of us could look at their ancestors and Wilhelmine and just try to buck up and, and work and make it through and don't give up. Stand true to what you know is right and keep working hard with it. For those that are not of your faith and they would like to connect with their ancestors, is there something that they could do to be able to look up their ancestors and connect with them during this time where they're stuck in their homes? They may need the encouragement of their ancestors' stories. And how would they do that? There's Our church has a website, and it's free for anyone. There's Ancestry. Most people have heard of Ancestry, and that's a wonderful wonderful site. You do have to pay for it. But our our church owns a website. It's called familysearch.org. And you can go in there and sign up, get an account for free. And you can see your family tree and you can add to it. And as part of that family tree, you can find if anyone has put any stories in about your ancestors. And um, if if they're there, then you can learn about your ancestors by reading them. There's different parts of, you can go to the fan chart where it shows you and your parents and your grandparents, and it goes back seven or nine generations. You can see what country they're from. You can see their journey through life, like where they lived, where they moved to. You can see how many pictures they have of them and how many stories they have of them. And all of this is free. It's familysearch.org. It's, it's a great, great tool. I think it is a wonderful way to connect with our ancestors. And it's wonderful to know that it's for free. And I know I have felt so much encouragement and inspiration from the stories of my ancestors so I hope that your example of looking up the stories of your, your ancestors will inspire others to do the same and find courage and strength to face these hard times that we are going through. Well, thank you, Lisa, and thank you for being such a great example to me. You truly have been a hero to me of a Christ-like woman, always looking for ways to serve, bless, and uplift others. I hope you will join us next time. For more inspiration, join me at FindingJoyInPeace.com. Until then, thank you for listening. May God bless you as you strive to create more joy and peace in your homes and in the world around you.